Please listen carefully. And now, live from the attic that smells like a basement in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring four left feet performing a tango of trivia, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on our podcast, we are going to do a new builder. You seem like you already know what build we're doing. I don't. Let's throw it over to uh, our producer, Not Scott, in the booth. Apparently, we have a uh, listener suggestion for the build of the series that we should start. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, gentlemen. In fact, in the form of a call-out subject line, Kevin and Mikey, I'm calling you out. Uh-oh. For too long, you city slickers have been coming up with your fancy newfangled groups. It's high time you so-called Red Dead Redemption fanboys come <laughs> up with your head of the posse. Will you be yellow or will I hear y'all at high noon? I'll be awaiting the Pony Express for your <laughs> reply. Salutations, partners. John Jay. I love AKA the, inter- the Rango Kid. <laughs> the Rango Kid. So listen, I don't know who we are reaching with this thing, but... We're apparently reaching Rango and the kid who's from Rango. So, gentlemen, you have been duly called out. That does feel like the audio equivalent to a glove to the face. Mm. I challenge your honor and dignity, sir. Yeah. I knew. All right, build a posse is what we're going to do. I love it. Now, before we begin build a posse, I kind of want to do a little bit of a New Year's kind of state of the podcast thing. I like it. I'm throwing Mikey out. He's like, okay. <laughs> I don't know it? what's happening. <laughs> I just want to say, Not Scott is going to be here a lot more than he ever has been, thankfully. That's the plan. He's over there in the producer's booth on the ones and the twos and <laughs> two, two turntables and a microphone. Uh, and we're going to be spacing out a lot of our series to monthly. So this build a posse won't be like just a whole bunch of episodes in a row. A build will be a monthly thing. Yeah, yeah. We'll have our nerd alerts every month. We'll probably have an assumption every month. A little more of a, a mix of what we do more often is what we're shooting for. A monthly schedule, if yes, you will. A monthly schedule. That's all I wanted to go over. Just this what we're gonna do in the new year. <laughs> Let us know if you like it. A state of the podcast. Yeah, state of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. The state of the podcast is strong. And then half of the half of the house claps and the other half sits down. <laughs> So anyway, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about build a posse. Yes, because of our love of Red Dead Redemption. Now, do we have categories? I think we do. Not Scott? So when you look at a lot of classic American cinema, the posse generally has a couple of archetypes that you can draw on. Mm-hmm. Of course, the gunslinger. At some level, they're all gunslingers, but sometimes it's their specialty. Typically at the head of the posse, you've got a peacekeeper, a sheriff, uh, somebody, a magistrate of some sort. A lawman. There is always a character named Doc, uh, (laughs) whether he's an actual 
physician can be, uh, uh, for example, Young Guns, Doc was not a physician. He was a, a doctor of literature and such. Uh, yes. So uh, you also had the gambler, the cavalry member, the soldier, the vet, the preacher, always a classic member to have mm-hmm. in your posse, and of course, a tracker. Mm-hmm. Usually, if you're, worth, if you're a posse worth your salt, your tracker mm-hmm. is Native American. Yes, usually. It's going to go on record right mm-hmm. now. It's true. Gentlemen, do you think you can fill out a posse for the masses? Yes. Build our own Magnificent Seven. Yeah, today we're starting with the gunslinger. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew. <laughs> pew, pew. So, Mikey. Yes. We're going to pick uh, three in the order of the one we want least and the one we want most or whatever. As is tradition. As is tradition. Mikey, who's your uh, first pick for... The gunslinger in your posse. The gunslinger. It pretty much does what it says on the tin. It's somebody that's real good at slinging guns. Yeah. That's their specialty. Hey, I wonder if like my posse and your posse are chasing after each other. Both of I in for the same job, or are we hunting each other down? I don't know. Like Maybe one of us is a good guy posse, and one of us is a, a bad guy posse. Dibs on the McCoys. <laughs> you get to be the Hatfields. <laughs> to start it off, in usual Mikey fashion, this one is a little silly. But Cartoon. Yes. Close. Ah, close. <laughs> Close. Almost. A still cartoon. This comes from a graphic novel. Oh. Because uh, I, I went on a, I do this every once in a while, but I'll go on a graphic novel binge and just go mm-hmm. through like six or seven series and catch up on them. Uh, and this is just mainly to shout out that this graphic novel series is awesome. I recommend it, but it's a Western called The Sixth Gun. Mm. Not really too well known, but my gunslinger is General Oleander Bedford Hume. Oh. H U M E? Yes. Oleander. Oleander Bedford Hume. He's already got the cowboy name. So, like, halfway there. And he has guns. So, he has all the necessary (laughs) tools for the job. (laughs) But a brief overview of the sixth gun is it's a really cool series. It takes place in the 1880s, just like a a normal Western. So, it's not some like future space weird stuff. Mm -hmm. But it tells the legend of these six different six shooters. They're sort of uh, artifacts. They're mythical items, and they each have their own power that if you are in possession of the gun, which you have to get by killing the gun's owner and taking it for yourself, mm-hmm. Mando style. We've seen that in Star Wars. We love that trope. Uh, same thing happens here. The cool part about Oleander Bedford Hume is that he is the bad guy for a portion of the series, and he has his own posse already, so he, I know he can hang with a group and be able to help them, but he's also undead. He's a zombie. Oh. So essentially picture Sam Elliott, mustache and all, but a little green around the gills, and maybe has flesh falling off his face a little bit. Wait, so, does yeah. he need to eat brains and stuff? No, he's just undead. He's brought back by supernatural powers to retrieve these guns. Oh. Okay, and this is this is not your number one pick. This is your leading up, right? This is leading up. Okay. But it would a zombie on your team? That'd be cool. You're starting with a zombie? Yes, because he's loyal to me. That's the thing. He, If he's in the posse, he does what's necessary for the posse. I have a dog like that. You but. see? Are we doing the thing like we're the town mayor who's hiring, getting this posse together? Yes, we yeah. should do that. Because <laughs> I want I want to have that I want to have that vest with the with the chain. The like pocket watch. The pocket watch on the chain. Yep. Yeah. I can pull open. <laughs> and then when and my check zo- it with the, the clock tower in town. Hold on, wait a minute. You're you're gonna have to give us a little more on like what kind of zombie. You know, this is twenty twenty three. There's lots of kinds of zombies out there. And some of them I, I think I'd want in my party, but some of like Game of Thrones zombies. There you go. Frost zombies. Is it's, he like that? It's a little bit closer to that. We're uh. talking zombie was probably the wrong word. Undead 
old school D and D undead rules. He's kind of he's almost lich. Ah, okay. Be- ah, yes. Because these guns have powers. Quick. Thank you, Scott. Because zombie kind of means dumb. Yeah, that's, that's a, well true. in in some genres of zombiness. No, zombie-ness. this guy this guy has Zombie enough to re- retain his generalness, as in being a general and a soldier and a cowboy. But he has five of these six guns at the start of our story, and the six guns do the first one strikes with ungodly force. The second one spreads the fires of perdition. The third one spreads a flesh rotting disease. The fourth one raises the dead. The fifth one grants eternal youth and the ability to heal. And then the last gun helps you predict the future. And he's got five of the six of them. So if he brings that to his gunslinging abilities, that's like bonus powers. Crazy. But yeah, he's undead. I've never heard of this graphic novel before. Uh, It's by Cullen Bunn and Brian Hurt through Oni Press. And it came out relatively recently, like within the last probably about five or six years. Hmm just concluded it's very good only press so not one of the bigger names it's not marvel or dc but uh i'm bringing it up here just to recommend it go read it even if you don't like my choice for gunslinger the series is awesome cool that's a fun pick yep oleander bedford hume (laughs) he's a gunslinger that brings a lot of guns i know right and he's undead not a zombie (laughs) i stand corrected (laughs) and if you get killed i'll bring you back yeah see that's it that's a strong that could have been a first pick. It could have, but he's at heart a bad guy, so that that right. deterred him from the top spot. Because given the opportunity, I'm sure he'd betray me. Yeah, all my picks could have been first picks too, except well, my third pick is what I want to be my first pick. But then I thought about it, <laughs> and it's like not. I I really wanted my first pick to be Han Solo. Yes, because he's got a gun and he slings it, and it's low on his hip, and he looks cool when he shoots it. He's got that cool stance and stuff. Yep. But then at the same time. He's really a pilot, is what he is. That's true. The gunslinging stuff is ancillary. (laughs) And even though if you like Google famous gunslingers of fiction and stuff, you'll find Han Solo on the list. Yeah. But I don't, when I think of a gunslinger, I think of someone, you know, high noon on the streets (laughs) is going to shoot the gun out of your hand type stuff. Like our buddy John Jay. Yeah. yeah, It's like flip a coin up in the air and they can put a hole in it. (laughs) You know, when I think gunslinger, when I think Han Solo, I don't really think guns. He looks like a gunslinger. But that's as far as it goes. Is he really a gunslinger? He's not like a sharpshooter. I do think, I do agree with you. He stands out as a, like a gun guy because he's in a world of swords almost, you know, like he could be just adequate at guns, but because like that's his first weapon where he's surrounded by people that use lightsabers, he stands out a little bit more, more unique. What are you talking about? There's only like three people left to use lightsabers. <laughs> as far as weapons in Star Wars, though, those are the two we see most often, blasters and lightsabers. Oh, yeah, it's true. I really think his main weapon is the Millennium Falcon. Fair enough. Really? Yeah, is Han Solo a pilot or a gunslinger? I think he's a pilot. He's a pilot, yeah. And literally, my third pick is because I wanted so bad to have... Because we did the like space it. one, and I did like a whole female crew, so there's no Han Solo in it. So I haven't put Han Solo in anything yet, I don't think. And I wanted to put him in this, but he just doesn't... I'm sorry. We'll find that perfect spot for him. Eventually, someday, in the builder. So my third pick is nowhere near as interesting as you. It was just like, I had him at the top of my list, and then I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I'm like, no. That's a me-loving Han Solo, you know? Does Han Solo know how to ride a horse? Sure. Okay. I mean, doesn't he have that main character thing like if he needs to yes he can oh there you go yeah okay a little bit of the mary sue yeah <laughs> i guess 
<laughs> it's just a hypothetical. He could be a scruffy nerf herder, and he just he doesn't bond well with animals, and so he keeps getting bucked off the horse. I could see that as a Han Solo bit. Yeah, I meant to be in a ship, not on a not on a beast. That's interesting. Are nerf herders shepherds, or are they like cowboys? Do they have a mount that they herd the nerfs with, or are they like <laughs> and are a, they all scruffy looking, or are they like a shepherd who has like a crook that they herd the nerfs with, and like a cool nerf herding dog? <laughs> I don't know. Now we I want to. We I need to know more. That says heard the nerf though. We need more. We need to <laughs> We need to know more about nerf hurting. I mean, is it? Do we really need to know more? I need to. Know yeah, more you. About yeah, nerf let's hurting. let's keep that keep oh. that there. Okay, <laughs> guy with the Star Wars tattoo. But I anyway, would, I would also like to know more. <laughs> so yeah, that's Han Solo. I just wanted to say his name in this honorary mention. Honorary keep, mention. Yep. Keep the love alive. Yeah, I like it. And there's a better Star Wars gunslinger, and he's my second pick, but. Go to your second pick, because it's your turn again. <laughs> I like it. Han Solo, though. He definitely has the cowboy attitude. But I'm curious to see what, what final spot he ends up in. We'll have to mark that occasion. Okay, second pick for gunslingers. Uh, kind of relevant to what you were just talking about. I'm twisting it a little bit. He is a cowboy, but he's a space cowboy. Space cowboy. But he's not Steve Miller or anybody in Steve Miller's band. Mm. It is Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop. Where's the trumpet, Mikey? There we go. All right, I think it's about time we get everybody together, get all our stuff, and blow this thing. Yeah, there we go. Three, two, one, let's jam. Which what now? Which version are you going with? Because this is the gunslinger category, and I think this is what you're getting at. I am going with altered Spike Spiegel who has the cybernetic eyeball. So, but you're going with the animated version? Yes. Sorry, I didn't. Yes. That's what I meant. Now, no no shade against John Cho. Mm -hmm. I'm real sad that that show's not coming back because we enjoy the crap out of it. Netflix, why? Oh, don't even, there's a whole nother episode. Ooh, Netflix and why they stink. Write that down. But in a positive way. (laughs) I'm on it. Yeah, producer notes. No, the live action was great, but uh, when I think Spike Spiegel, when I think Space Cowboy, it's the the tall, skinny, lanky in the purple suit with the kerchief and a cigarette and the mop of hair, Spike Spiegel. Yes. Yeah. The reason he's a contender for Gunslinger is because, like I said, he has a cybernetic eye later on in the series. Mm -hmm. It helps with his vision. He has an innate sense of luck. They never really explain it, but he always has that lucky edge. If there's Mm a one in a million chance, he's probably going to get it. I kind of want that in a gunslinger. Also, this is a posse. I'd imagine we're going to have to do a whole bunch of jobs and bounties to keep things going and keep the horses fed and, you know, keep the rain off our backs type stuff. And that's what he does in Cowboy Bebop. He's a bounty hunter. They go on bounties and they get in the craziest situations. But because he came up through the Red Dragon Crime Syndicate, he's an ex-mobster. He works with somebody that's on the police force. He knows karate. There's really no situation that he can't get out of. Mm-hmm. So that's A plus for a posse member. And that's why Spike Spiegel was almost number one, but putting him in number two. Almost number one. And Th- he is does a Does he have all those same guns? Like the six guns? No. With the bring it back to life gun? <laughs> he doesn't have the supernatural guns. He does have, uh, he has a personal gun. He has a Jericho 941 and a Ruger P85. I got both those. I, that's not, no, I want the gun that like brings you back to life. Okay. I'll have, to, I'll have to get with uh, Cullen Bunn about that one. Uh, wait, Ruger's a real gun manufacturer. And they're so good that they stay alive in the future. Oh, wow. And they work in space. Do guns work in space? According to anime rules, yes. <laughs> not not technically. I don't 
think. Yeah. I've never been to space and fired a gun, but yeah. I don't think, I think they need oxygen. They need oxygen, yeah. yeah. They probably make special space guns in Cowboy Bebop. That's it. They're called laser guns. I don't know. No. It is super space guns or maybe space bullets. Space bullets. <laughs> it's space bullets, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, normal guns, but it's space bullets. <laughs> I know, and price per round on space bullets is through the roof right now. You Ooh. won't believe it. Ooh. They're made out of moon rocks, though. It's pretty cool. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Prove me wrong. Space bullets made of moon rocks. That's, that's, a good, that's a good band name. Write it down. Space Bullets. Space Bullets. What kind of music does Space Bullets play? Hmm. Space Bullets plays um, progressive funk music. <laughs> I love it. I like it. I was going to say Devo with blast beats, and that's where the bullets come in. Oh. Just, it gets real loud and awkward every once in a while, and you're like, what? And then they go back to like pop music. Hmm. <laughs> okay, that's a fun number two pick. I love Cowboy Bebop. Spike Spiegel. Curse you, Netflix. <laughs> yeah, bring but it back. Also, you can we can watch the animated anime, animated I, anime. Yeah, yeah. It's weird that Cowboy Bebop. It is an anime, but it's so like revered and held up and older. Yep. It seems like when people think animes, they don't just jump to Cowboy Bebop. No, but right? it is one of the like it is a classic for right. sure. But it's sort of elevated like to not be the like a default anime. It's right. just its own thing. Interesting. Interesting. All right. My number two pick is actually the real gunslinger in Star Wars. Yes. Kind of the ultimate gunslinger in Star Wars. And a fun character that was introduced during the Clone Wars animated series. It's the blue guy, Cad Bane. (laughs) Yes. He's a Duros bounty hunter and mercenary, and he just keeps cropping up in anything that Dave Filoni does. (laughs) He's like... The opposite side of the coin of Ahsoka. If if Filoni's doing something, you'll figure out how to jam him in there and use him. I believe it. And we love him for it. Yeah, I would say the Clone Wars series is really strong if you haven't watched it. And one of the things that makes it strong is there's, I think there's three arcs in it with Cad Bane doing various missions for the bad guys. Mm -hmm. And... They go really deep with him and you learn a lot about his backstory and he's really at the time of the Clone Wars, he's the greatest bounty hunter in the galaxy because Jango Fett got his head chopped off (laughs) and Jango Fett would have been a decent choice for the gunsling too. As a matter of fact, there's kind of this, this funny, and I don't know if this is explicitly said in the lore of the canon lore of Star Wars, but within fandom, there's a thing almost where... Cad Bane eventually runs into Boba Fett as a kid and sees him as like a clone of Django. Ah, okay. And kind of sees him as like, I'm going to raise him up and make him like his dad so I can finally see if I could best Django. <laughs> He's going to raise his ultimate enemy. Right. In a weird way, which eventually happens, which is kind of interesting. But that was the thing that always kind of held over Cad Bane's head through the whole series and why he would take these crazy jobs and stuff. A lot of it was inferiority complex to prove that he was like Django Fett's dead. So, you know, Oh, he's the best bounty hunter galaxy now that Django's dead. Oh, you yeah. know, and, and he feels that in a lot of ways. And it's impossible for him to get the chance to prove it, prove right. everybody wrong. Exactly. I get it. But he does so much stuff. He's got cool tech. He's got a, a fun little robot named Toto. <laughs> He's got rocket boots, which are super fun. Very much, 
you know, like Star-Lord over there. He can fly around and stuff. And the guy is, he's obviously better than Jango Fett. I don't know why he's an inferiority complex, because he takes on pretty much every Jedi in the Clone Wars and manages to get away. He takes on Anakin. He takes on Ahsoka. He takes on Obi-Wan. I think he actually comes up against Mace Windu at one point, too. And he gets away. He doesn't always get the better of them, but he gets away. And he's just known as the high noon. His whole look is kind of that high noon look. His whole look is the... It's alien Clint Eastwood. It is alien Clint Eastwood. Funny you say that. We'll get to that later. But (laughs) um, the main problem why I I would love him on the posse because he's so... He's like one of the best gunslingers ever. Sci-fi is great. We're getting into cowboys and aliens territory over here. (laughs) But... The main problem with them is the dude is ruthless. If you watch the Clone Wars and some of the stuff that that guy does, you're like, this is a show for kids? He just caps people all the time. (laughs) He doesn't capture anybody unless he can use them for a bounty. There you go. If someone is in his way, he just caps them. And it's crazy. It's I was just re-watching some of this stuff, and I was like, man, he is just brutal. Like He tried to blow up half the Senate at one point, and if it wasn't for Anakin, he would have. It's ruthless. Yeah. It's great. We get to see him in the Clone Wars. He shows up again in the Bad Batch. That's a great arc when he's like kidnaps Omega mm-hmm. and all that stuff. That's a great arc. And then again, we get to see him in live action in the Book of Boba Fett. And that was that was great. I think we talked about that a little bit. When he showed up coming across that desert in my house, all the jaws were on the floor. We're like, <laughs> oh my gosh. It's Cad Bane. It's Cad Bane in live action. Looking awesome. So, yeah. Same, same question to you, though. Live action or anime, if you're picking who's how he actually shows up on your team. Oh, the live action looked great to me. I got you. It looked great. Yeah, they used Corey Burton to do the voice still, but they had a, a stuntman named Dorian King who was portraying him because Corey Burton's like 67 years old, I think, or something. So... <laughs> They had to get a different person in there. There you go. But yeah, he's like the fastest draw in Star Wars. But ultimately, I couldn't put him on my posse because he's based off of someone who I think I want on my posse. And that he has, dude, he's no morals at all. <laughs> None. It, it's just high as bitter. I'll do it. He worked for he worked for Jabba. He worked for Darth Sidious. He worked for Darth Maul. All of them. He worked for all the bad guys. The only thing that's missing is. Since he was a one of those Clone Wars characters, and then he showed up later, uh-huh. he isn't in like the Ridge Tridge. Yeah, that's bacon. <laughs> um, and that group of bounty hunters that's there. And did you know they kind of explained that that group of bounty hunters in the Ridge Tridge was like Boba Fett's group of guys, Vosk and IG eighty eight. Yeah, there's a whole Clone Wars arc where, or it might actually be in the comics. I'm not sure. It's somewhere in canon. This is all gets muddled in my head. There's so much <laughs> stuff now. Too much nerd. I know. Boba Fett is trying to almost make um, a like new group of Mandalorians in a way. I got you through his like bounty hunter network and all those guys who show up, Dengar Bosk, all those guys who show up, and those are like his guys. And because he and Cad Bane had a falling out at that point, mm-hmm. that's why Cad Bane isn't there. Ah. Which is a fun way they made it. So Cad, like, why isn't the best bounty hunter working for Darth Vader right now? Well, it's because. Him and Boba Fett are on the outs. They're beefing. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting. Great character. He would be super fun. Maybe if we were doing like bad guy posse, yep. he'd be great on a bad guy posse. Yeah, but, like, okay. So, but Scott- at the same time, he'll he'll shoot his, he'll shoot the people he's working with too. He like, he like betrayed everybody. 
Even his little robot friend. He put a bomb in him once. Oh, no. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm sure there was extenuating in, in, circumstances. In his defense, Toto was really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Who didn't want to put a bomb in that little thing? <laughs> He's cool looking, though. Dorothy? She didn't want to put a bomb in Toto. Oh, jeez. Oh, wait. We're talking about two different things. Cad Bane. No, he looks so cool in live action. And that is an excellent second pick. But that means we are at the tippy top. I want to sing my cowboy song again, but it might get annoying. No, we're at number one picks for Gunslinger. And I'm throwing a wrench in all the works. Uh-oh. Because my person is awesome with guns, and he slings them real well, mm-hmm. but he doesn't do it in a cowboy outfit. Okay. So mm-hmm. I argue that it's easily fixed. We just got to get some chaps, and John Wick can show up and decimate <laughs> On behalf of my posse, everybody in the western half of the Wild West. You're making a face, Scotty. What's up? Wait, wait, hold on. Yeah, is are you putting John Wick yes. in your Red Dead-style posse? Yes. We've really got to get these rules <laughs> a little more fleshed <laughs> out before we jump into these <laughs> things, There's, man. Oh, gosh. It's Calvin Ball. Explain, Mikey. Let's go into it. Okay. So, yes, John Wick is not a cowboy per se, but John Wick has so many awesome features to be part of a posse. And Keanu Reeves' meta as just a human being has been so many awesome roles that both human and character could pull it off. So John Wick, we talked about this a little bit on the Nerd Alerts. I'm super excited for the next installment of the series as well as the spinoff ballerina. But John Wick is essentially a trained assassin. He was raised in Russian assassin school, just like all our favorite assassins. He knows martial arts. He knows tactical strategies. And one thing he does know is how to use pretty much any and all guns. I would say any and all weapons, but his specialty is guns. Uh, there's a whole bunch of highlight reels out there of all the cool sequences in John Wick, so I won't I won't try and describe them on the podcast. But if, if there's a gun around, John Wick will be able to use it. He uses his environment. He's got sort of spatial awareness. Like I said, the tactical strategy stuff, he's good. You can't pin him down. He's good in any situation. And because my posse is going after bounties in all different parts of the land, we don't know what we're going to come up against. So Now, would this be John Wick in Western wear with Western weapons? Yes. Well, that's f- kind of fun, actually. Yes. Which I'd imagine he's used to because he works for the Continental, which is the organization that hires him to do all his assassinating things. And this one is like, hey, uh, you're going back in time because reasons. But it's a, <laughs> it's a cowboy job. You got to dress like a cowboy and don't get caught. What if it's like John Wick's great great grandfather? <laughs> it could be. Well, it's no, it's actually just still Keanu Reeves because we talked about this last time. Yeah. He's he's a vampire, yeah. so he was alive during this time. Okay. So I, if John Wick has always been a part of him, maybe it works out then. <laughs> you better watch where you're going, partner. I can't do it. I can't do a Keanu Reeves voice. Uh, I want to hear Keanu Reeves speak old timey Western though. You just gotta be real tired and like put out about it. It's like, all right, sir. I mean, dude. <laughs> I reckon I'll be going to the wagon again. <laughs> uh, have you seen my dog? Oh. Maybe it's. I, I just want to want to recap real quick. On Go for a it. Western themed posse. Yes. Your top three gunslingers are a dude from a from a graphic novel, an undead cowboy from undead a Western graphic from, novel. Yes. Uh, an '80s anime about a space western and a bounty and John hunter. John Wick. Yes. <laughs> Wow, he he really ran far afield on this one. Nah, that's the way Mikey goes on these builders. That's how it goes. The rules are loose and arbitrary. It's par for the course over here. That's it. Nothing out of the ordinary for me. Yeah. 
support this podcast. Like our pizza ratings. What do they mean? <laughs> That's it. But the whole point is we're looking for a gunslinger. Right? Not yes. necessarily a cowboy, just somebody that's real good at slinging guns. And John Wick does. Real quick, here's just a partial arsenal that John Wick used in the first movie. Oh. H&K P30L, Glock 26, a Browning High Power, Walter P99, Salient Arms Glock 17, a Glock 19, a Beretta 92FS, Smith & Wesson 686, a Colt Python, submachine guns, 12-gauge sawed-off shotguns. A uh, Ruger M77 rifle, a Savage 10BA rifle, uh, a SCAR. Like, any weapon, any gun you give him, he's going to use. And that's probably true for real-life Keanu, because he has all the videos of him doing all the training. He can do that in real life. That's and crazy. he's going to look really cool while he's doing it, too. Absolutely. He does the thing with the handgun. He checks the, checks the, yeah, that's so cool. He knows how many bullets he has left at all times. He knows what to do when he runs out of bullets, which is like throw a cowboy knife or a, a cast iron pan. He can do that stuff. Mm. So we just need George Carlin in a phone booth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell him to be excellent to each other <laughs> and let John Wick kill some cowboys. <laughs> now, here, here's the one, uh, the one caveat I had, though. So like John Wick, as the modern character, always has a really cool car and is always concerned about his dog. Yes. Cars don't exist in cowboy times, so mm-hmm. can't have his cool car. But I'm saying we combine the cool car and the cool dog aspect into one thing, and John Wick Cowboy has a really cool horse yeah, named that, Daisy, just to honor the dog, because that uh, was his dog's name uh-huh. in the movie. So the, the horse is going to die, and then he's going to go on a rampage. Yes, but then he'll get an even cooler horse, and it'll continue. He'll still be part of the posse. Oh, it won't shut him down completely. Yeah, fun. I think I, that would be really neat if they did a Western Gunkata style. And I put this to you. I couldn't think. I don't think Keanu Reeves ever in his acting career, has been a cowboy. So I'm putting it out there to make this happen because I think he'd kick butt as a cowboy. I, I did try a quick Google search, and yeah, no, there's there's not a not a Keanu Reeves Western that I could find. He's been he's been a samurai. That was awesome. He's been the savior of the internet and the chosen one. That was awesome. He's been a time traveler. Awesome. He's been animated as a scanner darkly. He's pretty sci-fi, so I think he'd be down with my time-traveling cowboy rules. Interesting. But yeah, yeah, John Wick is my gunslinger. (laughs) Because reasons. All right. Mine is like so on the nose, but I love this character. And when I was sitting there going like, oh, Cad Bane, I was like, oh, Cad Bane's just based off of this character. Actually, almost all gunslingers after this guy came around were based on this character. Okay. He's the GOAT. He's the greatest gunslinger of all time. How can I not want him as number one in my posse? There you go. He doesn't have a name. Wait, what's his name? The man with no name. Oh, so he doesn't have a name. He has no name. Well, he has three names, but those aren't his name. What are the three names? His three names are Joe, Manco, and Blondie. Oh, that's right. But those aren't his names. No. That's what other people refer to him as. He has a male known. This is Clint Eastwood in Sergio Leone's Dollars Trilogy, the spaghetti westerns from the uh, 60s. Yes. Which I would say are probably the bestest westerns of ever. And not only because they taste like spaghetti. So yeah, <laughs> see, see, somehow I feel, I, I feel like you you figured out the game. You get the game because yes, you're right. Fantastic, fantastic pick. Uh, it's this character is like so iconic that after this character came out, anytime like Boba Fett's kind of based off this character. This Cad Bane's based off of this kid. Anytime you're doing like a gunslinger, they they get the poncho. They even give Luke a poncho like that. I keep talking about Star Wars, but anyway. The cig- a cigarello in your mouth is yeah. like at this point now. If you're gonna be 
on the main road of town at high noon. You <laughs> better have a cigarello in your mouth or else you're not being a gunslinger. Even though how many Westerns with shootouts were made before this one? Tons of them. That's true. Because like the 50s, late 40s through the 50s into the early 60s really were like so many Westerns were made. They were the, like we said, they were like the space movies. That's it. I mean, the superhero movies of the day. That's it. I know some of our listeners are younger. And if you guys haven't seen the Dollar Trilogy, which is a fistful of dollars for a few dollars more. And The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, which I'm sure most people have heard of. That's, I would argue, all of them together, really. A lot of people just go to The Good, Bad, and The Ugly. That's true, which you can do, yeah. Uh, which you can do, but all of them are great. Oh, it works as uh, a whole piece, it, for sure. It does. And there's even crazy things, like one of them's a prequel of the other one. I forget which way they go. None of this is like known to anyone except like Sergio Leone and people who really dig into stuff. Yeah. But one of them's a prequel of the other one. And one of the movies, he's going around with a hole in his hat, and you get to see how he got the hole in his hat in another movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of fun. I think it's Good, Bag, and the Ugly technically takes place before the first two. I think that's right. But I'd have to research it. It's kind of funny because the Man With No Name concept came from the distributor, United Artists. Okay. Apparently, in the original movie, it was listed as Joe because he's called Joe once in the first movie. Yeah. But just once. And it's can be easily interpreted. It's like an undertaker. It can easily interpreted that he's just Joe is like it's average Joe. It's like, hey, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Hey, guy. Bub. Yeah. You know, Joe. What are you doing, Joe? What do you know, Joe? Exactly. Then by that time, it's a step. It's real interesting. This was a... Have you seen the Corsair movie that this is based on? Any? Have you seen it, Scott? Uh, the, yeah. The it's called Yojimbo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. A samurai. Uh, apparently, it's so much based on it that they got sued by the Kurosawa people. Yeah, it's the exact same setup. Yeah. It's like the samurai doesn't have any name. He comes into town right. to help out the helpless and yeah. then, you know, accomplishes his mission. But it's so neat how much Clint Eastwood had to do with making the character what it is. Oh, I um, believe it. Yeah, yeah. He went, apparently, he went in there. He had been in Westerns before in his career. <laughs> and at this point, we're in the 60s. And this is a, a neat era, the mid to late 60s, where. People start doing different interesting things in cinema. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of insistent that I don't want to play this cowboy like cowboys of the past. I want to do it a little different. Yeah. And also, I guess a lot of the lines, he's like, no, I'm not going to say this line. I'm just going to give a look or something to make it even more mysterious. That does make sense because, like, all the cowboy media that I remember, like, before this is all like the almost musical show tune, like, country music cowboy like, yeah yeah, yeah. They're, they're sitting around a campfire but it's a setup so they can sing a song you know to hear clint eastwood deliberately chose not to do that stuff is even cooler and it took sergio leone an italian director in italy to bring this american actor over to do this i love it and i guess clint eastwood got a lot of pushback or question marks over people's heads at the time like why are you doing this that makes sense this is crazy one of the fun things about watching him is like the dubbed english because <laughs> they're, they're people speak they're speaking english but i guess they had such thick accents and it's i think it's italian also, accents yeah accents and also what are you like, doing over here <laughs> why you come into my town it's a high noon already oh no <laughs> i gotta go get a, a saloon mm, i'm half italian don't cancel me anyway <laughs> <laughs> i'm not i will take all your angry italian <laughs> messages Put, uh, put some hand emojis in there so I get the full effect. 
But he's a, the true gunslinger. He's so iconic. He like does the you, when you watch these movies, you it's one of those movies, one of these classic movies. And I don't know if you guys have had this experience before when you're watching a movie that influenced other stuff. Mm -hmm. You see it and you're like, oh, that's where that came from. And there's so many scenes in this of him like taking out five people, you know, pow, 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 pow. And you're like, oh, that's where that came from. Yeah, fan in the... Yeah, the hand over the hammer yeah. and the back into the revolver. There's so much of that going on. But the neat thing about him is he's a true anti-hero. The difference between him and Cad Bane is, yeah, he's basically in it for the money. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he does have like a, a moral compass. And you can see he's, he's helping the helpless. Exactly. But also, if he can make a few dollars off of it, that's yeah. why they're called Dollars Trilogy, then <laughs> he's going to go for it. And if he you has know? to kill a few people to achieve that right. goal, that's fine. And I would argue that everyone he's going up against, especially the bad and the ugly and the good and <laughs> the bad, they're like worse people than him. You know, he might not yeah. be the best guy, yes. but they're worse guys. That's it. It's great. Did you know that there were spinoff books? There's a extended universe of the Dollars series? I did not. Are they by Louis L'Amour or one no, of those guys? Joe Millard. Okay. And so there's the three novelizations yep. of the books. And then there are five more books, a coffin full of dollars, Ooh. a dollar to die for. <laughs> it's like James Bond movies the now. The Devil's Dollar. Yep. The Million Dollar Blood Hunt. Another dollar tomorrow? Blood for a dirty dollar. Oh, I love it. Blood uh, for a dirty dollar. We're always by the same writer. Who wrote all those? Joe Millard. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to check those out because that sounds right. Because, I mean, that's the perfect sort of setup to do a serial novelization mm -hmm. of. Because he has, I mean, he has no name. Yeah. You know? And he has no greater purpose, really. So you can just put him anywhere and be like, all right, be badass. Mm -hmm. And not only that, in 2007, there was a comic book series done by Dynamite Entertainment. Mm -hmm. They only did 12 issues, but... It has more stories in there. There you go. Um, and then I guess they did another series that was called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly that was eight issues. I've never heard of Dynamite comics before, but... Like I said about The Sixth Gun, there's something about Westerns that really works in a comic book form, so yeah. I'll be checking those out. But yeah, Clint Eastwood, iconic character, the man with no name. I love that he doesn't have a name. It's <laughs> so cool. And how badass do you have to be that like people are fearing for their life while you're wearing a poncho. Yeah. Because, like, really, like, poncho, that's, like, hippie gear. Like, that's, like, art school teacher, like, the PTA mom, like, right. outfit. Like, oh, I wore my poncho today. And then this this cowboy comes along and is like, do you feel lunky? That, that's the Punk. other. That's the other. That's well, the other. Clint Eastwood. But he, he's so cool and calm and collected. Nothing shakes him at all. It's mm. it's great. So I did I did double check. Good, the bad, and the ugly is considered a prequel. Yeah. Because that's the movie that shows him gradually acquiring the clothing that he wears in the other two movies. Yes. There you so go. that's the whole indicator of. Yeah. yeah. It also says he didn't intend for it to be a trilogy. Just yeah. kind of ended up that way. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're great movies. Another parallel of Star Wars. But I want the man with no name. I think we'll call him Blondie because that's funny to me because Clint Eastwood isn't actually blonde, yep. but to like a Mexican guy, <laughs> I guess he's blonde. Yeah. <laughs> that always made me laugh. Yeah. Calls him Blondie. And it's like, he's not really blonde. In the original script, it was, hey, gringo, but they had to do a couple passes so. on it. <laughs> but yes, I choose the man with no name. That's a hard one to top. Yeah. The ultimate cowboy, Clint Eastwood. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Somebody out the internet may be able to top it. Oh, yeah. Do you have a top? Do you have a, a number one pick to throw at? There's a, throw there's a the few ring? what I would think uh, were kind of go-tos that I can't believe didn't get brought up. Yeah. Uh, Peter Quill. 
Anybody? Starry Lord. Definitely yeah. a gunslinger. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mikey, I mean, really? Not, <laughs> He's not I, a cowboy, though. <laughs> and then and then when I think of gunslinger, I think of one name, the Ned Niederlander from yeah. the Three Amigos. Oh. <laughs> no one had a faster gun than Ned Niederlander. <laughs> Didn't you learn about it? Three Amigos was a blank spot for me, and now uh, I'm, I'm kicking myself over that one. Oh, man. He was, he was the fastest gun, and he never used trick photography. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Makes me want to do the dance. Cross my arms, yeah. put my hands on my hips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The three amigos salute. Hey, uh, I see I had another contender, the, the actual gunslinger from the Stephen King novels. The, the Dark Tower series right. is all about the man in black. But He actually, yeah, his name is Gunslinger, is, isn't it? Is the gunslinger, but it's also essentially Stephen King being like, I'm going to write a Clint Eastwood novel. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what if the man with no name was in a spooky world? <laughs> what if it was scary? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the way my, the way Mikey did the scary act out was too much for me. The, I love that. Stephen it was kind of fainting uh, and jazz hands. And I, it's the Stephen I, King bit though. It's like, what if I made a? What if I wrote a book about a grocery store? But it's scary. <laughs> What if I wrote a cowboy novel? But it's scary. His eyes get all big, (laughs) and then he does the jazz hands. The jazz hands. (laughs) It is quite intimidating for for a a guy who's not all that intimidating. That's how Stephen King pitches him every time. Uh, I wrote a book about a lamp, but it's scary. (laughs) Oh, my goodness I wrote a book about the Northern Lights, but it's scary. Scary. Oh, well, guys, that's it. That's what we picked our uh, first uh, posse member, the gunslinger. Yeah, we're responding to you, John Jay. We we took your call to action and we took some action. Yes. And hopefully we shot the gun out of your hand. Yeah, yeah. That was the Ned Needler go-to move. Shoot the gun. But that's what we think. We want to know what you positrons think. Yes. You can hit us up on all our social medias, at AssumingPod. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Let us know who's going to be in the Positron Posse. Yes. Uh, you can also Gmail us, AssumingPositions at gmail.com. Dot com. Every week, I say, yay, Mikey. Does he like it? No. Every week, I say, hey, Mikey, <laughs> how would you like them to format the Gmail? Old style, Wild West wanted poster. No. Oh. Wanted an answer to this question that I have or a response to this hot take that I have. Reward $5, which is a lot of money <laughs> in Wild West time. Mike, will give you a five spot. <laughs> a whole fiver? A whole fiver? Golly, gee willikers, mister. Last time I did this, it was two buffalo uh, nickels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we want to thank you guys so much for listening. Please continue to like and share and subscribe. We also want to thank Not Scott Productions for being here and providing our equipment. Good to be with you. Jazzar for doing our music. And that guy Brad for doing our announcing. Our pizza's here. That means it's time to shut the feed down. We got to hitch the horses and ride. Yeah, Let's ride. Yeah. yeah. Get ready for that every single one of these episodes. Yeah. We're going to end every, every single one like that. Go on. 